It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy, with your hosts, Caleb, Isaac, and Sean. Listen in as they discuss the 1976 film, Murder by Death. And on, on this movie, you know, it's a it's an ensemble cast. Um, there's not a huge plot to it at all. Um, when was the first time you guys saw this movie? Was it for this podcast? Um, I saw it previously during the Columbo Confab days. Okay. Yeah, I watched it totally because you guys mentioned it. And Isaac? And I saw it... When was it now? I saw it a few months ago on television. Yes, mm. not. I only saw, like, the, the opening... Uh, when everybody's, you know, journeying to the the mansion itself, and then I stopped in it because I had to go do something else. Um, okay. Then I just watched it Friday night, and very impressed, and uh, would certainly watch this again, if I could. Okay, because uh, there are some people that are ac- absolutely disgusted, or in, maybe not absolutely disgusted, but they're like. <laughs> well, this movie's a little problematic. I'm like, mm, well, I know what you mean, but the things that... Okay, let's just... Uh, the Yellow Face by Peter Sellers, which, okay, that's problematic in today's context, I know. But the the, the in-joke is is that he's, in, he's uh, parodying Charlie Chan, who was always played by a white guy in Yellow Face. Maybe it wasn't technically Yellow Face, maybe because it was black and white, but... Well, yeah. Well, and I, I will just quickly point out, as someone who's like a very, very minor Charlie Chan fan, he actually wasn't always played by uh, a guy in, in yellow face because they did make really? small films in in uh, Hong Kong back in the fifties. Oh, okay, okay. Then I am I am yeah, wrong. It, it was actually quite big in in China at, at the time because they were like, whoa, mm. and actually like good portrayal of an Asian person from the West. Like, okay, <laughs> huh? So it became very popular over there for a little while. But yeah, all the oh, that's cool. I did not know that. All right. Yeah, all the American ones. Yeah, guy in uh, sometimes facial makeup to make his eyes look more Asian, but not always. Um, the one that I'm most familiar with, Sidney Toller, I think his name was. Yeah, Sidney Toller. He didn't do that with his eyes, and he kind of played some of that uh, <laughs> really caricature aspect down. But this movie definitely heightened it up for the the joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, uh, with the the language and all that. So we may as well just get that out in the open and talk about it and whether or not it offends. Because the people, some people that I've talked to about this movie, it offended them. And I was kind of like, okay, you got to remember this movie was made in 1975, six, something like that. Um, 
It's just, you just got to get over it in order to watch this movie. Now, let me ask you guys something else, because when you talk about this movie, and I hate to talk about a movie that's 10 years younger right away, but I saw Clue before I saw this movie, okay? Mm. And I saw that on Betamax in 1986 or whenever it came out uh, on uh, in the video store, and I watched it every day. I mean, I was a latchkey kid, so like my dad would leave for work. Then I was at home alone for two or three hours, and I would make my own dinner and sit and watch either Clue or Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brothers, Smarter Brother, which is a Gene Wilder, Marty Feldman flick. Oh, uh, so I knew Clue backwards and forwards, and I also was really into murder mysteries. So when I saw Murder by Death on TV with my mom and dad, I was like, oh, "This is this this is great! This is awesome!" The problem is, like like Clue, it makes no sense as a mystery. It completely fails as a mystery, but it's awesome as a comedy. Um, it uh, And then it came out, I think it came out on TV, and I was able to record it, watch it over and over again, got it on VHS, got it on DVD, and today I found out I don't know where the hell the DVD is. So for this, I rented it for three bucks from Amazon so I could watch it while we're doing this. But I had to get it on Blu-ray then, because I know Steve has it on Blu-ray. It's from Shout Factory. Oh, yes. I got to pick that yeah. up, too. I forgot about that. But there are no special features. Nothing. Oh, well, yeah, that is a there might be like a five minute interview with Neil Simon. And, you know, it's it, people forget that this is Neil Simon. And, you know, it's the God, the Godfather, the odd couple and all that. But did you guys get the references that each one of the five detectives was a parody of, of uh, a, a literary or television detective? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. But I, I do think actually we should parse out your three uh, your three things there. <laughs> yeah. I... So we'll first start with... <laughs> it's okay. We'll start with uh, Peter Sellers. And I'll go to you for that, Isaac. Uh, how, how did you handle that? For uh, Did you find it super off-putting or... I... Okay, so I, I looked at it and I was like, I know what they're doing. This is a parody uh, this is no different than what the superhero movie did 10 years before the um, mm. explosion of superhero films, like the other golden age of superhero films where that was parodying super films at the time in the aughts. And there hasn't been really a parody of superhero films since I'd say I'm not even Deadpool does not count. That's not a parody of a superhero film. And this is obviously a parody of a genre and it's murder mysteries and i'm not familiar with murder mysteries however i have a high respect for most murder mysteries except for uh knives out um oh, oh on, no i will Ooh. never watch that movie on the basis of its director that's absurd uh, for oh. one reason alone i i don't care um just ne never i i don't care about caleb's ends justify the means which we'll get to that one day um never i will not bend the knee that's a very unfortunate bias of yours, because he's actually quite a good mystery director, even before he made Knives Out. Brick was an excellent kind of kind of ground-level noir, modern noir film. Have you ever seen that, Sean? Well, then he shouldn't have done Looper, nor, you know, what he's famous for. Uh, I have seen uh, Brick a long time ago, but I don't remember it. I should probably see it again, because I didn't know what I was getting into when I first watched it, and... But yeah, Isaac, it's not like anything else. I mean, the guy was nominated for an Academy Award for it. Um, yeah, it's the best movie in the whole decade. Like it, it, it wipes no, out every single. It, it's like better than Parasite. Everybody tells me it's just like it's way better than Parasite. The Irishman is is beneath it. 
Like all these other films are just like I- inferior. Like it's, okay, it's well, so it's, funny. It's not better than Parasite, but all it's, right. Uh, tell yeah, that right. to every every other person who who watched it. Anyway. <laughs> but really, if you want to watch a movie that's a real mystery, and I've said this before in other podcasts, watch a movie from the seventies called The Last of Sheila, and um. Yeah, that's a real mystery that you can actually solve as you're watching if you pay close enough attention. And then at the end, you're like, oh, my God, why didn't I see that? And that's a great mystery with Richard Benjamin, James Mason, Diane Cannon. Um, oh, God, uh, Raquel Welch and uh, that old guy that died, uh, the guy from uh, Affliction, James, blah, 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 James, blah, blah, not James Brolin. Yeah, anyway. Not directed by by Ryan Johnson, just to be clear. I just want to make sure that I just, yeah. yeah, but he got a lot of inspiration from that movie. Oh, Ian McShane is in it. A very, very oh, young oh. Ian McShane. He's uh, Rockwell Welch's uh, boyfriend. Interesting. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, this movie... Um, go ahead, Caleb. I'm so sorry. Uh, I could go on. Oh, I was just... Uh, I was going to quickly address for me the, the Peter Sellers thing. It was very unfortunate watching this movie when I did, because about maybe a month or so before I watched this the first time, I had watched another Peter Sellers comedy called The Party. Have oh. you guys heard of that no. <laughs> or seen that? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, he plays this kind of absurd, like, Indian doctor. Oh, crap. And he's got this really, like, lame accent. It's It's just kind of an obnoxious bit that he keeps playing over and over again through the movie. It was just a complete drag. I didn't enjoy it at all. And I was like, oh, Peter Sellers, I usually love this guy, but that movie was just lame as fuck. And so then I watched this, and I was like, oh, here he goes, doing kind of his one-note bit again. And I, I like Charlie Chan, and this kind of felt like a kind of cheap parody of him. And so he's actually my least favorite part of the movie, but not because I'm offended, just I just thought it was kind of lame. That's <laughs> that's where I am with him. Uh, that's <laughs> interesting. We should do who's the best, who's the worst at the end of this. Uh... Oh, I already know in my mind. I got my two uh, favorites. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You, you, uh, oh, here's the thing. These uh, are all... Par- Go ahead. I'm sorry, Caleb. Sorry, I was just trying to remember <laughs> what, your, what your second point was that you're asking I us. can't remember. I can't remember. Me either. Um, <laughs> get all the literary references between each character? Oh, yes. Yeah, I may not be super well-versed in mysteries. You know, I, again, I like the Charlie Chan... I love Columbo thanks to the show, but none of these are a Columbo par- parody. <laughs> um, uh, they they did do a Columbo parody. It was a made-for-TV movie, and Burt Young played uh, Columbo. And don't ask me what the hell it's called. I don't remember, but it was horrible. They had like somebody playing McLeod, Columbo, McMillan and Wife, everybody that was on that NBC mystery wheel. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, but I did pick up the the references pretty clearly. I like. I really like the Sam Spade, uh, Peter Falk character. That really uh, hit me. Sam at Spade, spot. Sam Diamond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah, the names are kind of a pretty easy kind of hint. <laughs> you know, uh, Miss Marbles and Monsieur Perrier. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty pretty clear what they're doing. Here's but, the thing. Uh, um, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I'm really excited to talk about this. <laughs> oh no no. Oh, you go ahead. I was going to try to remember what your third thing was, but I don't know if I will. So you go ahead. Okay, he's he's not my least favorite in the movie, but Monsieur Perrier, played by James Coco. By the way, his chauffeur is James Cromwell, who, of course, is most popular. Though is is you know 
the, 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 the farmer from the Babe the Talking Pig movie, that'll do pig, that'll do, or the evil, uh, the evil commissioner in L.A. Confidential. That's kind of a spoiler. Oh, or the that awesome doctor in uh, Asylum. Oh yes, that's right. Oh, he was evil. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant in that. Yeah. Um, this is his first movie, and um, but the thing about Perrier is that in the novels, Poirot, um, he was rotund, and but he didn't eat like Perrier did in this movie. Like Perrier, every conversation is about food. Yes, which gets very funny at certain points in the movie. <laughs> Who? Where are the buns? You brought the buns? Where are they? Where are the buns? Good God, freaks and beans. I could quote it all day. <laughs> but I have a theory, and my theory is that that character was originally supposed to be based on a detective named Nero Wolfe, uh, uh, created by Rex Stout. I love the Nero Wolfe books, but he was this oh. big fat guy, and he wouldn't leave his New York brownstone. He had his... his his employee Archie Goodwin go out and do all the footwork while Nero Wolf solved solved the mysteries. And Nero Wolf, like every single breakfast, lunch, and dinner, every single meal had to be like a gourmet feast. And they were always he was always talking about food. <laughs> so nothing, you know. I, I think that maybe they were like, well, no one's heard of Nero Wolf, um, so let's just make him like Pro We already have an egg of the Christie character. Oh no, we'll make him like Pro It's okay. <laughs> Pro is popular. Oh, I just I just have to mention because I was I've been playing in the background. I I started a little after we we started recording. They just said Sydney Wang, and I was like, oh shit, the Sydney Wang. My like I mentioned the Charlie Chan actor was Sydney uh, Toller, at least one of the the more famous ones. Oh really? Oh oh. So I was like, oh fuck, I missed that reference until just now. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, my uh, my favorite, I think. Oh no, I should just. There's Miss Marbles, of course, and her nurse, who's too elderly. And uh, 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 Nick and Nora Charleston, or Dick and Dora Charleston, I should say, uh, played by Maggie Smith and David Niven, which I was just watching Downton Abbey just now. Um, I love her in that, even though I'm not a big Downton Abbey fan. Um, oh, and Peter Falk, of course, and Eileen Brennan, the wonderful, the great Eileen Brennan, and that outfit... You know, I normally don't say things like this. I know it sounds totally like, but her outfit when they're driving in the car on the way there looks so cool. I'm like, that is Oscar worthy right there, that outfit. Um, and of course, the blind yeah. butler played by Alec Baldwin and the great Truman Capote in his only movie role, I think. Uh, as... Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to mention uh, Miss Peacock with uh, Eileen Brennan. That's the first thing that I noticed. Oh, yeah. Eileen Brain, of course, was... Yeah, she played Mrs. Peacock. Of course. Of course. I was like, hey, that's a fun little connection. Fun fact, there is a connection between um, Eileen Brennan and Peter Falk. Eileen Brennan was a horrible car accident where she... Her eyeball popped out of her head. And they put her eyeball back. And she was addicted. Or I don't want to say addicted. But she was on some heavy op- opioids once. Um, oh, wow. And she was getting off them as she began filming clue so but so that was her first movie after that horrible accident but that's the one thing that she has in common with peter falk um, with, oh with yeah, eyeball the, the missing eye yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind i'm sorry maybe it's not funny which by the way his missing eye was a little more clear in this movie than in some other ones especially in that definitely definitely i don't know if it was the quality of the cameras that made it stand out more or what was going on there but i don't know i don't know it's a good question though no. 
Oh, but yeah, I guess we could discuss our, our favorites. I mean, because like, we, we've kind of danced around it a little bit at this point. But, <laughs> now, Isaac, do you, did you have any particular standouts out of the cast there? Well, first I want to add one thing. Trudy Capone did himself, or Truman Capone, sorry, he, he did appear in one other movie, uh, oh. but only by voice. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was an animated movie. Uh, it was called Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oh! oh no. Whoa! <laughs> was Wait a minute. He's just making a reference. Wait, you're having me on. He was dead long before that movie came out. No, it was seriously him. No, there's a character named Zero the Hut that sounds just like him. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> we were making those jokes in the uh, when we did that episode. You were making those jokes. I didn't know who this was until, uh, until he was there. But on, on him, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that guy. Um, I was on TV Tropes looking up, you know, this whole this whole movie... And in like, was it the trivia section or the YMVW or whatever it's called section? Um, they said uh, there is there's some speculation on how like oh he wasn't a good actor in this. I thought he was like wonderful. Oh, I, yeah. I loved his yeah. I, I loved his performance in this. It, it was amazing. Yeah, he he stole the show when he showed up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything out of his mouth is just. I, I just don't understand how they got him. You know, like, was he a friend of Neil Simon? Was he, like... He must um, have been. That's the only yeah. thing I can think that makes sense. See, he was just a writer, right? And, like, a, I think he was a playwright as well. Accordingly. Yeah. yeah. And he had no prior experience with this kind of, like, schlock or anything like that. So very... <laughs> but he's, he's great. I love him. Maybe he was just a big fan of mysteries, too. That could be it. Could Perhaps. be. Uh, all I know about him is that uh, I read or I watched uh, the Capote movie with uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as oh yeah yeah Truman Capote. That's all I know. Yeah. Did you nail down the accent that he has or lisp, whatever you want to call it? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's when he won, why he won an Oscar for it. it, it nice. You know, it's like okay, I get it. Like you're imitating <laughs> Truman Capote, but he was kind of depressing in it. I, I mean, I get kind of get, but I understand that there was a movie that came out about the same time. Where Toby oh. Jones played him, yes, uh, and I've heard good things about that. That's still that actually makes way better sense. Toby Jones actually looks like Truman Capote. <laughs> yeah. Um. What about favorite lines from the movie? Is there any favorite lines that you all have? Oh, I did write some down, but uh, Sean, did you have your favorite? Was it Truman Capote, Capote as well, or? No, my favorite is Maggie Smith. I, yes. I knew you'd say that. I, I kind of figured. No, this. she's so wonderful in this. Oh, yep. man. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Oh, I hope he knows how to stop that thing. <laughs> and there's a scene where the maid, played by, of course, bounty paper towel lady Nancy Walker, <laughs> she's crying and, and she grabs Maggie Smith's dress and she's like, oh, let it all out. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, no, use this instead. <laughs> Brilliant. I even love when the that, uh, I guess, is deaf mute cook. She's like doing her little screaming routine and brings in that little note, and it says, uh, "Oh, the butler's dead, and my name's Yeda." I don't work Thursdays. Yeah, Maggie Smith jumps up. She's like, "Oh, ask her if she sleeps in, Dicky." Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very funny, and also super attractive in this. So I was like, "Oh, damn, Maggie Smith back in the day, who she had it going on?" Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Before this, she was making movies. Yeah. Um, She's great in a little movie called California Suite, where um, also written by Neil Simon. It's like five different stories that happen. It's an anthology movie, and 
she plays this woman who's nominated for an Academy Award and it's Academy Award night and she's married to Michael Caine and Michael Caine is gay and they go to the awards ceremony in the first half of the story and the second half of the story she gets really drunk um, when they're back at the hotel room and she ends up like there's this scene where she's walking around down the, the corridor and just looking at all the trays that people left out for room service for like scraps of food because the kitchen is closed already and they won't even open the kitchen even for her even though she's you know was nominated for an Academy Award and ironically she won an Academy Award for that role so oh interesting yeah goes full circle <laughs> um, yeah I thought she had the greatest lines and then and I also loved um Elsa Lancaster as Miss Marbles oh, uh, yes. and, her, and her nurse. <laughs> says, I'm not one to use hyperbole, ladies and gentlemen, but for once in my life, I had the caca scared out of me. <laughs> yeah, she's very good. Oh, fun fact. Uh, I don't know if you know this one, Sean. She was married to, a, or she was the, I think, the only wife of Charles Lawton. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why they, uh, I, did one of them die before they divorced? Yeah, or yeah, did they? Yeah, he died. Oh, oh, he died. Okay, and she's uh, the Bride of Frankenstein, which I was yeah. looking at. I'm like, oh man, she's so familiar. Where do I know her from? Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think me. I mean, I, I just love the Peter Falk character. I love that he's like this big racist, like blustering asshole. <laughs> and poor, <laughs> poor. Uh, what's his companion's name? They all have pretty funny companions, but I love his, who's like in love with him. At least trying to get affection from, and he just constantly rebuffs her. I like that. I can't remember. I can't remember her name. Oh, but um, yeah, there's some funny stuff with him later on when they like have that little gay kind of um, sub. I don't know sub joke. I don't know what to call it with him. She's like, uh, Sam, why do you have all those Muscle Men magazines in your in your office? It's like suspects, Don. I'm always looking for suspects. <laughs> Just, oh, I never understood it. He was like, "I'm in disguise and disguise and disguise." I'm oh, like, yeah, wait, 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 yeah. <laughs> it becomes too <laughs> absurd to even understand what's going on there. But, <laughs> but I do think he plays the detective very well. He did have his, he did have his moments. I, he's not my favorite. Um, I, I don't, I didn't like him that much in this. Um, I, I think this may have been my first exposure to Peter Falk and I didn't really get the character. Like I've never seen the Maltese Falcon. Oh, um, wow. I know I have, I've Very never wild. seen any of those Sam Spade movies. Um, and I'm not really into like Raymond Chandler or Philip Marlowe or any of that. So I'm never into like the hard boiled detectives, but I do like his lines. Like, look lady, why don't you just lay off my bat back, fall in love with the Jap kid and get out of here. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Asshole. Good grief. It's so good gracious, sir. It wouldn't be hard for the butler to smell out the Chinaman. Yeah. It's and everyone's so all offended by him and he's just like it's a dirty or a, did he say it's a lousy world kid or something like that? Just all these something like, like that. Yeah. canned lines. <laughs> oh, and the Charlie Chan, he, he has all those like um kind of fortune cookie lines. That's one of the parody aspects that really is just straight out of the old Charlie Chan. He'd always break those out. And he's like, would you be quiet, man? I'm tired of your fortune cookies. <laughs> man who is tired of fortune cookies will soon... And they'll start arguing. Yeah, some of that stuff is pretty spot on. And the number three son thing is also straight out of Charlie Chan. He's always got numbered kids for whatever reason. I don't know where that comes from. But... Oh, that reminds me. Isaac, have you ever seen the movie uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous? No, I have not. 
Oh, okay, never mind. The guy who plays his son, which is one of the two people in this movie who's still alive. I don't know why I know shit like that, but I just... No, I'm sorry, one of three people in this movie who's still alive. Um, at least as of this recording. Um, he was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Nice. Uh, by the way, um, Peter Falk's character's uh, the, um, partner, or whatever you want to call it, uh, was woman by the name of, or the woman but the, the actor or the character was named Tess Skelfington oh yeah I was trying to figure out if that was a reference to something Tess I, Skelfington yeah it's like I don't know there's gotta be something there that's such a weird name <laughs> probably oh but Isaac how'd, how'd you think uh, Alec Guinness came across I think this was a year before Star Wars time. it was sure a year it was before 76. Star Wars but it was probably filmed cause that film is starting starts filming in like 75 or 76 I forget so this is, pro- this is probably a quicker production than that one was certainly mm. um, looks very unrecognizable cannot believe that's Obi-Wan Kenobi which is funny but that's yeah, the voice that gives it away <laughs> that was that I um, a, a personal close friend of mine is is uh, hard of seeing or excuse me or, or blind and I think he did a absolute wonderful job of portraying a blind person um, oh, really? Other than oh. the obvious jokes that uh, came about it. Oh, I didn't really see that aspect, but well, I guess fair enough. I guess not. Just I don't know if you happen to know anybody who's blind, but yeah, he got almost all the mannerisms of how blind people uh, behave uh, properly. Maybe not fully properly, um, and I can't, I can't exactly ask a blind person to like you know. So what did you think of this? Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. But as as a person who know that, yeah, I, th- I like them, and I think his lines were all just hilarious. Um, I have the bit at the beginning of just you know stamp these and send them away. I'm like, how the how did he get those? First off, where's the mail? Where's they didn't even put a mailing address. That's the that's the first problem. There's no mailing address on those. And then where's the mailbox that he delivered them in? Yeah, then there's that thing where he's like supposedly like I mean it's, the movie starts to just not make any sense anymore. But it was like he was hired just for this night, so like was when did they deliver those uh, invites? So who knows? But who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's, at a certain point you just you just have to stop thinking because this does not make any sense. Well, but... it's a it's a comedy, and I uh, <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that you're you're a guy who does not like comedies. No, um, yes, I was gonna say I'm usually like the persnickety kind of like I don't know wet blanket. And there's definitely bits that that doesn't work for me in this movie, particularly Peter Sellers, uh, but really in the music too. I I just I think the music's way too comedy music sounding. Yeah, I agree. But but otherwise, I think there's some really funny and clever lines. What about the interaction between the butler and the cook? <laughs> I. I want to say, like, maybe offensive-ish, where you get, like, a blind person, a, a mute person, and a deaf person in the same room together. Sounds like a joke. It's probably an That is joke. the Yeah, that's the joke. And <laughs> Hyderity ensues, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's... I don't know. Just it, I, I found it funny. Yeah, so did I. So did I. Uh... Or one of my favorite lines, and I'm sorry when you when you talk about a comedy, you always end up going back to the lines. Yes, uh, isn't that nice, darling? Warren Wang's wing. Pretty easy, I'll say that. <laughs> I've taken the limit. <laughs> what was that, Isaac? I'm sorry. I said, you know, I said that's a pretty easy one for for sure. Yeah, I, I don't yeah they got lots of easy ones. Or like the uh, the the bedroom when he's like, "Oh, I t- turn on the fireplace for you." 
You just lit the bed on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, I, I think Wang says, "Oh, at least the bed's warm." <laughs> some funny little bits like that. Some little quippy lines. It's great. And M- Maggie Smith, M- Maggie Smith, uh, screams at a mouse, and he's like, "Oh, the doorbell." <laughs> or no, she doesn't scream at him. Yeah, she does scream at a mouse. That's yeah, right. yeah, he does. Yeah, then David Niven's like, because the room's all covered in cobwebs and dust. Like, oh, these are candy cobwebs. Like, oh, it's a robot mouse. He picks up. He's like, oh wait, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a real mouse. <laughs> Yet, uh, he was the one that I didn't fully get who he was supposed to be. Like, was he supposed to be like a Sherlock parody or? Okay, so yeah, this is interesting. Um, they are from a film called The Thin Man, um, and they were a couple. Um, their names were Nick and Nora Charleston, and they would solve mysteries in New York, and they had a, a, a poodle and all that. Here's the thing, though. I never saw those movies. I never saw – I just know this, okay? But they were like – you know, they were a pair of, you know, classy, rich detectives in New York. But what's interesting is that there are two deleted scenes from this movie that are found on YouTube but are not on any of the discs, any of the releases of the, mo- of the movie in physical media. One is uh, from the end of the movie when they're all leaving and we see Sherlock Holmes and Watson driving this like jalopy and they come upon somebody like, oh, um, we were looking for Tutu Twain's house. And they're like, sorry, you, uh, the party's over. You can just turn around and go home. Or so, I, I can't remember what was said, but it was that Sherlock Holmes, the real Sherlock Holmes was invited as well. They don't give him a funny name. It's just Mr. Holmes. And there's another, <laughs> there's another deleted scene. And if you notice, Miss Marple's and her nurse, uh, they don't show up until everybody's already at the house and they're having drinks or whatever. And then they, you know, Miss Marple shows up. Actually, there's a scene where Miss Marple's is in a taxi cab that pulls up to the house. And she's like, to the capsi- ca- ca- the taxi cab driver, what do I owe you? And he says, will it be this much for coming from London? And then this cup much part of it is because of the salt erosion from the ta- from the salt water and the tank. And then from there to here, you know, more Bob, you know, it's so dumb. Terrific. I mean, it's the whole movie is dumb, but whatever. And as a mystery, there's, you know, as a kid, I remember trying to figure out, you know, why is the butler naked? Why is the butler then, you know, like, why do we, his clothes? There, there's nothing to it. There is no logic whatsoever to it. And also what they used to do back in the day, and this always bugged me, was that people would tear off the masks. And it would be like, oh, it turns out I'm Lionel Twain. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no. And then he tears off a mask again, and it's really Nancy Walker. And she, Why did she do it? She doesn't have any motive. What the hell? It's okay, though. Whatever. We're not here for the mystery. Oh, boy. Yeah, that starts to get so absurd. Yeah, the like the mannequin, her. Like, oh, the only thing that yeah. can do is talk. Like, <laughs> what? Wait, no, Caleb, not a mannequin. A dummy. A dummy, yes. That's a right. dummy. <laughs> I did like the uh, the changing room gimmick, though. You had to, like, wait outside a few seconds and it would change. That was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. that. It was reminding me of something. I couldn't place what it was reminding me of, but I thought it was fun nonetheless. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of something as well. I'm like, where have I seen this before? No, it's not from Willy Wonka, but it's from something else. Oh, that's interesting. Room full of empty people. (laughs) Oh, and I love the scene when they all finally come together, and then Sam Spade shows up, because they're like, oh, the the three of us, we're detectives. Like, where's the the other five? We're the greatest detectives in the world. Then Sam shows up and just starts, like, 
airing out everyone's dirty laundry. He's like the biggest dick around. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I just really enjoy all his scenes. Except to uh, Miss Marbles, they they get along fine. Yeah, but not her old, uh, her old grandma, her old nanny. I like what he says to Charleston. He's like, "It's not a bad gig when all you got to do is give the do- give the wife a poke now and then, and take the dog for a leak once or twice a day." <laughs> oh, he's such an asshole. he's like like insulting them all being richer than him and he's like i'm poor i get paid 50 bucks was it 50 bucks a day or something like that plus expenses and he's like i haven't paid miss uh chef whatever their name is in three years and she's like it's not about the money for me sam and he's like it's not about for me either (laughs) (laughs) someone mind giving my secretary a glass of cheap white wine while i go to the (laughs) jet i talk so much sometimes i forget to forget to go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's great. Oh man, but I also like uh, Monsieur Perrier and his little his little sidekick. I don't know. I think they have some funny bits. Like I love that he just keeps yelling about the the dinner when he should be worried about other things. All he can care about is freaking out about his dinner coming. <laughs> like it's it's an obvious joke, but where's the fellow without dinner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think he plays it well, to, so it doesn't come off too bad, but. Uh, Steve thinks that they're gay. That uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, well uh, you know, gay or European. Yeah, well, I think more like European because the the you know, the you, you can only have one gay, and that was Truman Capote, a gay relationship, and that's Truman Capote and, and Peter Falk. So, ew, well, I mean, ew, he does ew. have that. Uh, I know ew. <laughs> he does have that thing where he's uh, wearing his lingerie to bed. So I was like, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> So I have to ask this question. This always comes up. I mean, there's two movies like there's there's probably more movies like this. Like um, there were a few that Peter Ustinov was in, or that big guy that looks like Peter Ustinov. Can't remember his name. Like, but uh, this and Clue, uh, Clue is another one. Great showpiece. You know, your your suspects. You know, trapped in the mansion at night. A mystery, it's more of a comedy than a mystery. Which is a better movie, Murder by Death or Clue? And I'm assuming that you both have seen Clue, but I may be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen, like you, I would just watch Clue over and over again. I, I even actually still have my old VHS of it sitting up on my shelf. And so I've got such a personal connection to that movie, I just I kind of got to go with, with Clue. But I definitely enjoy this. I wish there was more movies kind of in this vein. Mm-hmm. There, there's only one that comes to mind, and it's not even really, I mean, it's, kind of funny just because the actors play kind of funny oh fuck i don't even know if i wrote it's called let me quickly look it up so you guys go ahead it's one with peter cushing vincent price um john carradine and oh who was the fourth one might have been christopher lee you guys know you guys know what i'm talking about the old dark house i that might be it or the cat in the canary oh now i gotta look oh sorry i've never Uh, seen those movies isaac have you seen clue no. Oh! Not at all. Oh! Not at all. Oh, wow, I'm shocked. No, I think I saw, like, one, it, again, on TV once, and I think it was, like, in the middle of the movie. I'm like, I don't want to, like, start from the middle. I want to, like, because that, yeah. that kind of ruined, because I need to know, like, what all the, the, the preferences beforehand and what, what was the lead-up, because I don't, you never want to join a mystery movie when it's, like, halfway through. Right. You just can't do that. That's just one of the things that's a no-no when it, when it comes to those films, or even book. You don't want to start a book, a uh, mystery book, from like the middle. Yeah. Now in media's res, it'd be interesting if there are 
stories, whether it's movies or, or novels, uh, where a mystery does start in, in media's res. Um, I, I gotta figure that those exist somewhere. It was uh, The House of Long Shadows. Yeah, it's kind of okay. a thing, too, but just not as outwardly comedic. But that's another fun one, set in a mansion with all like all these very kind of established actors kind of playing off each other in this way. But huh. Well, Isaac, you, you gotta see Clue. I mean, I Tim Curry, Martin Mull, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Eileen Brennan, Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn, oh, my <laughs> God! <laughs> Leslie Ann Warren, and it has probably one of the best, if you like Madeline Kahn, uh, even if you don't like Madeline, if, even if you never heard of Madeline Connage. Yeah, even if you don't like her, yeah. No, she stands she out. Was, okay, okay, so she, wasn't she in uh, Blazing Saddles? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I think she's the wife or the ex-wife of Milk Con, if you know who that is. Oh, uh, no clue. So, okay, so I, I could be wrong on this, but Milk Con is, Milk Con, excuse me, was one of the old nine men of Disney. Like, one of the originators of, like, ev- like animation itself. American uh-huh. animation itself, excuse me. And he, like, was doing animation from Snow White all the way up to, like, The Rescuers. I think even maybe, like, up till maybe Fox and the Hound. Like, he's a, like, he's a legendary guy. Like, Brad Bird studied under this guy. I think they're, those two are related. And he used, um, what is it? He used uh, Madeline Kahn as the basis for uh, Medusa uh, in the movie The Rescuers. I, I could be wrong on oh. all of that, but that's, that's what I know it from. But I definitely got a breakout clue for us at some point because I did not realize you hadn't seen that. Goddamn. Oh yeah, no, it's like I, I it's like I don't want to yeah. watch it. I just never had any interest in the other thing. Is like kind of like this movie. I had to look at it illegally, and I kind of wouldn't mind watching it with somebody else uh, to see how it is. Yeah, that's one of those iconic ones for me. Clue. Yeah, I know you definitely um, share that, Sean. I know you you because I think you were a big fan of Clue v- VHS, right? the first one yes clue the vhs game oh my god yes yeah i've actually oh. never played the first one but i had the second <laughs> one that they put out so <laughs> i yeah we wouldn't i wouldn't even play the game i would just watch the movie over and over oh. it was terrible it was like the most hokiest thing you could imagine and somebody made a a, a a short documentary about it that's on youtube believe it or not oh really yeah i got to I've been trying to track down a copy of the first uh, Clue VCR. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that second one's pretty bad too, but <laughs> yeah, good old Clue. I, I checked, and she was married in 1999 to. Oh, I put it the phone down before. I... <laughs> uh, she was married to somebody named. And you know how they in the beginning in the Wikipedia thing they they list. Yeah. Like you know, it says uh, she was married in 19. 19- Oh, wait. Okay, this is interesting because she was, it says years active, 1964 to 1999. I, I, yeah, she died in 1999, but she married in 1999. So maybe it was like one of those, let's get married before we die type things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like she was married to a guy named John Hansbury. Doesn't ring a bell. Hansbury? Sounds all handsy. What a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, uh, she was in the, the the sequel, the unofficial sequel to Murder by Death, which is called The Chief Detective, oh, which yes. stars Peter Falk reprising his role somewhat. I don't even know if his name is Sam Diamond in the movie, but it's also no. by um, Neil Simon. Yeah, and the same director, too. I think it's yeah. Robert Moore. Yeah, I was curious to check it out after I watched this the first time, and I just never got around to it. 
I was hoping to do it for this review, but I also never got around to it. Oops. But, <laughs> but I'm curious to check it out. Have you, have you seen that, Sean? No, I, I appeared on somebody else's podcast to talk about this and that and that movie. Um, but I couldn't watch The Cheap Detective for some reason. I think it was just time and, you know, we were doing stuff and I didn't have time to watch another movie. Oh, yeah. Professor Dave's Ark in Space, was it? Yes, that's correct. Yes, I was on Professor oh. Dave's Ark in Space. I completely forgot you did that. That's right. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, what else do we got here for this one? Can I just say, even even though, like you, uh, Caleb, I am a devotee of Clue, and, you know, I know it by heart, and I love it, I really do think that Murder by Death is a better written movie. And uh, uh, maybe even acted. I'm not... I, I, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. that. Just, just for my complaints for this movie, I really feel like it kind of starts to lose steam when we have that scene where they all reveal their connections to uh, uh, Twain, Lionel Twain. Yeah. That's, where, that's when I feel like it's like, oh, now it's jumped all sorts of sharks and I've lost complete track of the plot. <laughs> like, when suddenly, uh, whatever her name is, Skeff- Skeffington or something, is like his long-lost niece and Wang's his adopted son. And she's like... Yeah. Like, it's, it's funny, but it's too absurd to... Uh, have any sort of credibility anymore <laughs> he took me to the circus until i was 25 25 <laughs> what kind of a circus was it <laughs> okay i like peter falk a lot more after this conversation <laughs> sorry yeah even they start going on about how he was uh, like oh i i like fake slept with him just to get some just to get a lead and she's like you did it for six months and she's saying that he went to like a drag bar all the time all the time too and i was like oh boy like what is this guy's backstory here yeah, that was that was problematic as well. Uh, yeah, you could definitely. I mean, you you gotta just kind of let that go with this. this kind yeah, of movie. It's, it's true. It's throwing it all to the birds. Like, <laughs> just gotta say, as the unofficial spokesman for the gay community right now, we all we all don't dress up and drag and take pictures as some sort of like fun sex thing. So I'm just saying. Although I've done drag like four times, but I'm all zero personal so, choice. Yeah. But, uh, oh, one more thing. One other joke. I'm so sorry. It just becomes repeating jokes and over and over again. Yeah, but it's all good. (laughs) Peter Falk and the nurse. Stop it. Stop it. What's the matter, Mr. Spade? The nurse has given my my palm the finger, the dirty old broad. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Oh, that's funny, too. And I love when, um, I can't remember. I think Miss Marbles says something like some sort of clue. And the old woman says some non sequitur as she always does. And Peter Fox just like, can you roll her down the driveway and get her out of here? We're talking yeah, about- <laughs> why don't you roll down the, take your wheelchair and roll down the driveway. We got work to do. It's like, God damn, this guy <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> this, uh, this, this other set of lines might also be problematic, but whenever, um, whenever Truman Capote is correcting... Oh. Uh, Peter, or, or not Peter, uh, Peter Sellers' character uh, for like how to his pronunciation and pronouns. Um, I I just always laughed at that. No, it's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> is the who use your goddamn pronouns? Oh. And just starts yelling at him. I love when he's uh he's the moose on the wall and he just starts shaking yeah. with rage. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like I want that as a as a picture on a shirt. <laughs> I don't know why. That's just hilarious. 
Yeah, it's because of how angry he was getting. <laughs> if I wore that on a shirt, if I wore that shirt and I was going into a store, as long as it wasn't Walmart, and somebody said to me, oh, I love your shirt, I'm like, we need to get married right now. I'm <laughs> just going to drop everything in my life and marry you because you think this is funny. That's yeah, fair. I just, I just have to point that out, too. It was always weird with the Charlie Chan movies because there's lots of other actual Asian actors in those movies, and nearly every single one of them has a perfect, like able able to speak normally you know not like missing words like that when you speak and charlie chan always stands out because he he speaks in that weird kind of broken way when no one else who's an asian actor really? seriously really so it just stands out just horribly yeah because <laughs> he always has his kids too his numbered children and they always have perfect american accents so it's very strange <laughs> good grief huh. Yeah, I don't know what that, that's about. But <laughs> so those movies are they more like an are they like cozy mysteries? Like we're gonna sit around and we're gonna talk to suspects and look at clues, like you know, um, I don't know, cigarette ash and maybe a fingerprint, or are they more like um, mo- like mysteries where they run from one place to another and there might be a car chase or there's a stakeout or something like that, and they catch the killer in the act and that's how they get them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, it's kind of a mix. They do spend a lot of time discussing clues, but yeah, Charlie Chan also has like a little entourage with like he's usually got his police familiars. He's got his little cabbie that drives him around. He's okay. got a number one son assistant. Yeah, he kind of bounces from location to location, searching out clues and uh, being just a respected detective that everyone's like, oh, Mr. Chan, you're in town. Like, oh, fuck, he's going to catch me. But like, I got to put on this act. So, I, mm. it, it's pretty fun stuff. I mean... The ones that I've seen are all from the 40s, so it's definitely like a different kind of style, but I, I still enjoy them. Um, I I propose, well, it's not going to happen because he's dead. But <laughs> it's, this is kind of dumb, but I propose a new Columbo episode in which Peter Falk plays Columbo against himself as <laughs> Sam Diamond as the murderer with <laughs> Sam Diamond, you know, like being an asshole to Columbo. That's That's my <laughs> idea. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen, not for obvious reasons. But maybe, uh, maybe in deep fakes, we'll just clip out all <laughs> yeah. the weird lines and find a way to. to... <laughs> you need an actor to do that. Isaac, have you seen Columbo? Because we say Columbo, and I don't. Even... I have. I okay. have. I, one of the recent episodes I watched was the one with Dick Van Dyke in it. Oh my God! Yes, that's Steve's favorite. My that's God, a that's, a, that's a really good one. Because he's such an asshole. Yeah, like, he is. He just. He's such, and which is so cool because Dick Van Dyke is, you know, it's on screen at least, a really nice guy. He's actually a really nice guy in person, too, yes. from what I understand. But he is a real asshole in that. So that's a great, that's a great episode. Yeah. And there's another one about like a conspiracy or whatever it was. There's helicopters and back and forth between these two guys. I don't remember which one it was called. Sorry. So like a, was it like a secret agent type one? Something like that. Yeah. That was. Oh, uh, that's a Patrick McGowan one. I don't like that one. Um, Yeah. Identity Crisis. Isn't Leslie Uh, Nielsen in that in the beginning? (laughs) Is that the one that he's in? He played the victim. Yeah. (laughs) There's another one that was. uh, He was not teamed up, but there was like one of the. I guess one of the. Not victims, but one of the entourage of the day was like some beach girl. And they were in a dark room together. I don't remember what that one was called. That's. Yeah, that's the same episode. Oh, okay. Um, because, episode. Yeah, because the, the guy who's the murderer is like an undercover spy. He doesn't want to be seen. And the girl at the carnival ends up taking his picture. Oh, yes, that's right. 
he buys it from her, but the negative is left over. So he know he you know he, he finds out who was with the victim in his you know final moments. Right. I fucking love Columbo, man. I miss that podcast. It's, it's so amazing. It's it's do. absolutely a wonderful show. Yeah. Sean, I was even going to ask if you had any interest because I know you've mentioned a number of times you're like, oh fuck, I miss doing that podcast. If you ever want to relive some Columbo, I we've been talking about covering him for years. So yeah, I mean, you guys just picked the episode. Um, actually, wait. <laughs> There's some bad episodes, uh, or not very good episodes, but send us a list of like which ones is to avoid. Well, I'll okay. stay away from the '90s. I probably won't pick too many of them if, if we cover them, because yeah, I don't really. I was with Steve, where I was like, ah, oh, the '90s. They just kind of lost some of the the original spirit yeah, of Columbo. They did, they did for the most part. Yeah, they didn't. They looked cheap, believe it or not. Even oh, yeah. though the budget was probably more. I would say the seventies. Uh, God, the Dick Van Dyke one is excellent. Um, oh, my favorite gotta be fucking any old port in a storm, but I just love Donald Pleasance across the board. So I mean, yeah. I uh, maybe one of Jack Cassidy or, uh, Patrick McGowan, or maybe that Patrick McGowan army one. Uh, anyway, we'll think about that some other time. Some other time. Yeah. Murder by death. Murder by death. Yeah. Murder by death. Yes. Yeah, so what else do we got to say here? Any more jokes you guys want to point out or mm, let's see. Well, I do have to correct myself on on one thing. Uh, I got the whole like, um, oh, what was her name, Madeline Kahn? That yeah, that that wasn't. I was I was incorrect on that one. I was oh, very sure. much incorrect. Milk Milk Kahn was um, married to like three different women before he died in 1987, and he was not an animator on on the Fox and the Hound. But no, he was not married to Madeline Kahn, even though they have like both you know for the same initials. Um, well, what what did you guys think about the final? Uh the final kind of reveal sequence where we get each person coming in and being like, Oh, like we, we, you thought I was dead, but now I know who you are. And each time Alec Guinness switches into the mode, like, Oh, you've caught me. <laughs> Just escalation of jokes. One after the other. What? Okay. Would, I, I kind of compared this to like airplane in a way. I'm not like saying it's on the same level as airplane, but I couldn't help but find that funny. Whereas airplane was, you know, a, a, a comedy of, I don't know, like, based off of one movie yeah, i don't remember what it was called that's that's but, that old school style of parody that yeah we don't really see too much of anymore you don't what i loved about that scene was um i think they're emphasizing the fact that you've got five different detectives and each one has a different style um and the way the solutions would be but only i probably thought that but i kind of figured that too i liked it's it's probably like alec guinness's best moment in the movie comedically because he gets to do all these like you know he's like how did you know it was me and then he becomes very good big boy yeah the daughter that's the best one <laughs> i always felt bad for peter Falk's character because he's the last one and he's like i think that money is mine and alec guinness just says wrong <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't get like you know like an acknowledgement. It's just wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Caleb, you're gonna say something. Uh, oh, I, I was gonna say even just him sitting there with the hat and the the cigarette. He just looks <laughs> like he's just having so much fun in that role. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what I really also love about it is that each one of the five detectives, like they somehow managed to get the various traps in their rooms that have their <laughs> their assistance, like you know. His son got bit by the snake. She got bit by the scorpion. Uh, Eileen Brennan threw the bomb down the toilet or something. I can't remember. Yeah, and the, the grandma just breathing all the smoke. 
It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it's so okay, I was wrong on this. Okay, so at first, okay, so I read again. I was on TV tropes, and I initially like was first. Of all, I didn't even know that like, James Cromwell was American. I always thought he was British. Now it turns out that guy's like completely American. I'm like, well, that's impressive. He always has done like British stuff whenever I watch him. Pretty sure he's British and I Robot. Probably not. He's probably American. Oh, I never think about that movie. God damn. Uh, <laughs> one day, one day there'll be like a a, a good ad, a faithful adaptation of that book. I, I hope one day. Should yeah. be animated. That's my that's my say. But anyway, old shame. Peter Sellers hated the script and thought the movie would be an absolute bomb. It was a smash hit. <laughs> oh, and, and that's interesting. Hmm. Wow. Fair enough. Hmm. Peter Sellers was kind of weird. Um, they yep. made a really good H- it was HBO or Showtime uh, movie with Jeffrey Rush playing him. Um, and I never saw the whole thing because we don't have that service, but I'd love to see it again. And he hated the notoriety that he got from uh, the Pink Panther movies. He was kind of like Tom Baker with Doctor Who. Like after a while, really? he was like done with this. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to do movies like The Party and. Um, uh, being there, you know, which is a good movie from what I understand. I never saw it, but yeah, me neither. I really got to see that. Yeah. Wow, interesting. I mean, wh- why would he keep doing it then? Like, if he keeps going, unless it was again a studio thing where it's just like, oh, you got to keep coming back for this because you're you're really funny and you're really good. Why? Oh, they backed up the fucking money truck for him. That's probably <laughs> yeah. It. It's it's the money, and you know, also he wasn't. It, when you look at all these actors that are in uh, sci-fi shows like Star Trek and Doctor Who, um, when it comes to the end of the day, if you are um, James Doohan, for instance, you're not getting any work acting. Your job is to go to things like cons and speak at cons. And I actually think from what I've seen of interviews with those people, they really enjoy doing that. Um, he didn't get into that. I think he died before he got to the age where he started to appreciate that there were a whole fucking generation of people that would get to know him as Inspector Clouseau. Mm-hmm. And I think before he got to be, uh, you know, somebody, something like somebody like uh, Colin Baker's age, he didn't realize that he thought he wanted to be a serious, you know, actor and, and uh, maybe be in plays and stuff like that. I don't know how many plays he was. I'm sure he was in some plays, but, um, and I don't think that he realized, like, when he was in movies like um, Doctor Strangelove, that he was actually a genius. I don't know oh, if you've yeah. seen that movie. It's been a long time for me. Um, but he may have been nominated for an Academy Award. But That's my that's my all-time favorite movie. That's my absolute favorite. And he's yeah. brilliant, yeah. He gets to play serious, comedic, various types of comedic. Yeah, he's just great. Oh, but as we were talking... I was trying to think something like, what, what have I... I watched Peter Sellers on something recently. It also starred David Niven. And I finally remembered it was Casino Royale, 1967. Yes. Yes. You've seen that? I, I know you haven't seen that one, Isaac. But have you seen that no. one, Sean? I think I should, but I haven't. I just can't bring myself to... It no. just seems like 60s craziness to me. It, it just... There's no reason to watch it. It is abysmal. Abysmal movie. It's even more nonsensical and just jumps from like bit to bit to bit and it just becomes like white noise. <laughs> there was this movie, um, I heard about it in Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. It had everybody and their mother in it and it was called like Hullabaloo or something like that um, and it was terrible because for a while there they had these movies like it's a mad, 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 mad world 
where they had every single like it, it, I, I, I'm, I'm only guessing, but I think it had Fred Astaire in it. I know it had Peter Falk and everybody was in this movie. It was like a three hour movie about a treasure hunt. I don't know if you guys have seen Rat Race, but that's like a sort of condensed version of it. I have seen uh, I have seen I've seen Rat Race. I actually saw it in a band class in like 2009 or grade nine. <laughs> and as for it's a mad, 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 mad world. If uh, you know who the angry video game nerd is, uh, that's his like all time favorite movie as well. Did you say Peter Falk was in that? Because I own it. I've I've not seen it for years. Actually, I know Criterion. I think he is in it for maybe just a moment or two. Oh wow! I gotta watch this again. I actually really like it's a mad, 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 mad world. I don't know how many mads there are, but yeah. Four. Yeah, and Rat Race is kind of a fun kind of update, but uh, it's not quite as good as the original. No. Yeah, they they would do other movies like um, there was a movie that won best. I keep bringing up the Academy Awards, but I'm really sorry. It's just I have an Academy Why? Award podcast, doesn't it? Around the World in 80 Days with David Niven in the lead. And it is infuriating, infuriatingly long and just has these horrible horrible cameo appearances by various actors we have caesar romero as a as a uh, as a as a uh, a matador and caesar romero of course was the first person oh, to play yes. the joker on screen mm-hmm. um another another movie was uh another one that won for best picture too it's a horrible movie it's the greatest show on earth and uh, oh my god three hours of just technicolor you know, Bob Hope showing up in the audience for two seconds. I can't stand movies like that. Sorry. <laughs> I like movies. Understandable. I like movies like this. And Did you ever see the remake too? Around the World in 80 Days? With uh, James Bond, Timothy Dalton? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he shows. I mean, everyone fucking showed up in that thing. <laughs> but even Arnold Schwarzenegger had a, a cameo. Oh, my God. And just, yeah. There is no plot. They yeah. just go from place to place, and look, we're going to go to Spain, so we're going to do something Spanish. We're going to go to a bullfight, and then we're going to, you know, just... Yeah. It was like watching Amazing Race okay. without all the cool the cool stuff that they have to do, because I really like Amazing Race, but... <laughs> you read the book? Around the World Ladies? No, no. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Maybe that's what they're missing, the, the actual plot to the book <laughs> itself. <laughs> If that book has a plot, it probably does. Oh, but I guess we should probably recatch the plot on this episode here and wrap up our thoughts. Sorry, on, uh... everybody. That was me. It was me. <laughs> no, no. It's I have no good. problem with that. It's related to the plot in a way, or the movie in a way. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was my spiral off from the Casino Royale thing. But I'm watching the the end here when uh, Alec Guinness pulls off his face. So, yeah, I guess we should... Uh... Yeah, boy, boy, I didn't. I didn't really care for that moment. It was just a little. Too, I was like, wait, I just, what? Wait. I, I just. Thought, I thought it was absurd by that point, but I, I was just laughing the whole time. I'm like, this is hilarious. Well, that's fair. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So I guess final thoughts for you. Uh, I guess maybe starting with you. Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna call you Eric Isaac, <laughs> but <laughs> for you, Isaac. I don't know if you've known me longer than him, or it's probably you've probably known Eric longer than I have. Uh, not personally, but yeah, in terms of listening to these shows, yeah, definitely longer. So. That's hard to think. Huh. Um, what did I think of this movie? This this movie is is good. It it unfortunately can no longer be remade nowadays, um, or at least that's not true. It can be remade, but it has to be remade the, the way movies are made nowadays. Um, good grief! I I want to praise the the set design as well. What a magnificent set! It was mm. amazing. Yeah. Uh, the stage as well. I, I forgot that this was, you know, 
up until I think Batman was Batman 89 was the last film like studio film almost I think where they filmed inside uh, big studios oh like for the entire film yeah Mm. I believe so if, if, if I'm correct on that and I love the gag where they're outside. It looks like it's rained. It looks like it, it's going to rain. And then, it, but it's just all foggy. And then they go inside and <laughs> for some stupid reason, there's like water effects outside I, and thunder lightning. And then like David Niven goes out and, you know, opens. Oh, it's not real. And never mind. <laughs> and then we see the smoke machine at the end. It's just like this rickety old piece of shit. How uh, awfully unromantic. <laughs> I, I can't I don't know what I said like this is just a, a wonderful comedy film hey this probably is an actual like funny comedy film for Caleb because he hates comedies yeah and I'll, I guess I'll go second just so I can address that yeah again um, the, the part that felt the most irritating to me was the Peter Sellers bit because it felt just like it was I don't know a little bit too in that comedy vein for me like a lot of movies are where it's just a lot of just kind of obvious dumb humor and again, the music I didn't care for either. But I, I like clever comedies, and I feel like this one had a lot of really clever lines. And I also like comedies that are just completely absurdist in their way. Which is kind of why I like those Zucker Brothers movies, like um, mm-hmm. like you said, Airplane or something like Top Secret. I think can also be really funny. And of course, like Monty Python. And I feel like in some ways this is more in that vein than something like, uh, I don't know, like what's another dumb comedy that's that's out today? I was gonna say Wedding Crashers, but that was like like kind of like 15 years ago. 2005. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't keep up with comedies, so I don't even know what's what's out nowadays. But those kind of movies, I just ah. And this one also didn't have to deal with like, there's a dumb like heart at its core. You know, it's about like a romance or it's about finding oneself. Like they always have, they feel like they need to insert in, into comedies these days. So I can just appreciate just a good parody film, which I feel like this is. Yeah, this is one of my top five favorite comedies of all comedies of all time. Um, Very nice. It is certainly it's a movie of its time, which means there's certain I don't know millennials <laughs> that are not going to like it, um, and they all have cats, and they all never mind. I'll just shut up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I have cat, but like you know, I, you know, I feel like an old person. Maybe they all have cats, and they all knit. And they all love the new Doctor Who. They would hate this movie. Yeah, I was going to ask if you've ever talked to this with uh, Eric Stadnick. Oh, fuck that. No, I'm not. Ta- <laughs> Although he's seen this movie and he likes it, but I'm sure there he would go. never say, say that on a podcast. <laughs> uh, for me, a great comedy is a great ensemble cast. And um, that sometimes a great ensemble cast is you mean you have a great like straight man air quotes a good example is um kirsten wig and bridesmaids although she's the straight man in that movie because she's the most normal person aside from her friend but <laughs> she can just deliver a deadpan line and just make you laugh with her face um that's also one of my favorite comedies of all time I mean, she's not really a straight man what am i talking about um yeah. uh, she she does like kind of deadpan kind of delivery yeah she's but, but that that scene on the airplane is just fantastic but um, I I I want to see this movie done again or something like this movie done, but I don't think that anybody like like maybe if they took characters like Jessica Fletcher and characters from TV like the guy from uh, CSI, 
but I just don't see how that would work box office wise or comedy wise. Like it's just sort of yeah. like this perfect thing of its time. Yeah, send it to Netflix. Netflix can get away with stuff like that. No, they'll just cancel it. It's fine. <laughs> I just meant for for a, a film. Nah. But yeah, no, they don't really release parody films at all anymore. I think the early two thousands killed it things like scary movie. yeah there, there was like that epic movie they those people that would produce one like every year there's like epic movie date movie God, i don't bring those up date movie i yeah, i've never killed parodies no one wanted yeah. to see them after those <laughs> and fair enough Meet the spartans oh jeez. oh god yeah you couldn't pay me i would you i would somebody would have to be like you know, uh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Um, Adam Sandler films, the Hangover films, the Ghostbusters uh, Enter the Call film, like all the, all those com- uh, Paul Feig films. Uh, uh, yeah, those are those are a, a touch above, I would say. Really? Okay. What's nice about a lot? Well, maybe not some like super bad, but something like Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a good one. Even the 40 year old version Virgin is a pretty good film. Those ones would actually manage to have a bit of like an actual plot to them, and then comedy on the side, I would say. Where it's not just filled with comedians doing their shtick and just being kind of obnoxious on screen, which I feel like a lot of comedies yeah. are. Nowadays. And, and the, yeah, for me, the 70s and early 80s were the era of great comedies. Uh, and my personal favorites when I was a kid and even when I grow up, they have not, they have never worn off are the ones with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, like Silver Streak and uh, Stir Crazy. Uh, they did one where. Oh, again, one where the, there was a blind guy, and one of them was blind, and one of them was deaf. Um, and they get, you know, they're, they get involved. I, I, nothing of this has to do with Murder by Death, but yeah, the history of comedies. So I absolutely love Maggie Smith in this. If you love Maggie Smith and you think she's really funny in um, things like Downton Abbey and Gosford Park, you get to see like the early version of this. The worst thing in the movie is probably the number one son, which isn't really fair because he's given about 11 lines. Yeah. But it's like his acting method is to just stand there with his eyes open and his mouth hanging open. Like he's amazed at everything. Um, but whatever, you know, he got a job. That's fine. You know, he's not a pivotal moment. He's he's not any comp- comedic relief. Um, I don't care about the mystery anymore. I used to as a kid. Like I tried to figure out, oh, the dining room is actually in an elevator. But that doesn't, <laughs> that, that wouldn't fucking work in real life. Um so you just got to let that go and be like, oh, at the end, it was the bounty lady, the bounty paper, uh, a paper towel lady. But yeah, that, uh, yeah, I really like this movie. I, I, I love this movie. So yeah, growing up and now that I'm older, but um, nobody's going to like this movie when we're dead. <laughs> I really do think they're just going to go straight for the Peter Sellers thing. And they're just going to be like, nope, I'm not touching this. I'm walking away from it. This has to be canceled or else. Yeah, canceled. <clears throat> Press the trap door. Send him down to the rancor. That's why you don't see a Charlie Chan reboot these days. They even tried to do one back in sometime in the 90s, I think. And they were going to have like a young, hip Charlie Chan, like actually played by an Asian American. But they were just like, no, there's too much negative history here. And so they dropped it. So... Which I think is a shame. I think he's a fun uh, yeah. character, and I don't think it should necessarily, you know, be a deal breaker. But yeah, I, I really want mysteries to come back as the way, same way that maybe not this much, but the Marvel universe. Don't get me started on that. But no, I just wanted, I, 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 
it's not going to happen. But um, when the uh, Murder on the Orient Express came out a couple years ago with Kenneth mm. Branagh, I'm like, oh, this. it was a great preview. It was, it was great. And we went to go see it, and I'm like, oh, this is okay. It was okay. <laughs> Ready for that sequel? It was definitely a letdown. It was okay. Uh, by the way, the sequel is a better, way better mystery uh, than um, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, if you watch the, uh, the 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 version with Peter Ustinov, it has like Betty Davis and Maggie Smith and oh, um, yes. Olivia Hussey, and uh, that's a great movie, mm. and it's a canon movie, believe it or not. But oh, it, wow. that's wow, another really? movie. Really? Yeah, I gotta see that yeah. one. Yikes! No, don't <laughs> yikes. say yikes. That was the one Academy Award that canon won. Uh, I remember uh, it won for best uh, costume because it's set on like this barge in in the uh, in the Nile. That's a great it's a great movie. Oh, David Niven is in it too. There's a lot of people. Okay, oh, but wow. Betty okay. Davis wow. is really why I could have had that James Cameron Spider Man movie and you you dropped the ball on that. Why? I don't know where that came from. What? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was supposed to be originally canon, but anyway, whatever. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, go go watch that movie, ladies and gentlemen. Before you before you watch the Kenneth Branagh thing that's coming up in October that was supposed to come out in 2020 but didn't because of the plague. But yeah, I'm still waiting for people... James Bond. Oh yeah, no time to die. Uh, no time to come out. That's what it is. <laughs> Goddamn. But uh, yeah, folks, get into mysteries. Read more mysteries. Uh, watch better older mystery movies. I... Old, old like uh, the last of Sheila. New like Knives Out. Not that one. Yeah, watch. Don't that listen. One. To, don't listen to Isaac. I've talked to him for about an hour and a half now that I, in my life. I, don't listen to him. Yeah, no, Knives Out definitely a quality picture. And and I even though I didn't really care for the necessarily the plot, and even some of the flashiness in um, Murder on the Orient Express, I still thought that Kenneth Branagh delivered a really good performance in that role. So I'm looking forward to the sequel there. So I mean, yeah, and they're making a Knives Out too. So I mean, that that could be good too. So maybe, maybe there's a, a future for, for mysteries here. I'm gonna make a bold statement about like you know mystery films or, or murder mystery films. Go on Shutter or do a stage play. That's that's my only like you know because because you're not expecting a murder mystery on in on stage and Shutter. I know they're only like you know. Um, was it their horror only? Yeah, no. There's I know there's some mystery films on there like murder horror, oh, yeah. mystery horrors. Just shutter, like open your doors up a little. Be like the Invisible Man mm. with Blumhouse and actually give us who appreciate these, you know, these this this you know I guess lost art in a way of act. You know, you don't you don't want it to be start off because you know what's going to happen. Murder mysteries will be exa- or not murder mysteries. comedies will they'll be exactly like Black Mirror where they'll start you know. Out pretty good, and they actually have like good ideas, and then unfortunately they become mainstream, and then they get ruined because uh, the oh. writing becomes all about expectations and subverting the expectations. And we all know a person oh. who's really good at that. Well, let's get away from that. But <laughs> Shutter, please start doing more murder mysteries on your uh, channels. Yeah. You know what? That's absolutely right. Yeah, no. Uh, early Argento stuff are good murder mysteries. If you look at them as murder mysteries, oh, and yeah. if you want to go even further back, just go on YouTube and watch. And then there were none. The nineteen forty-five version. Yeah, very quality film. Yeah, the yeah. no, the Jalos were definitely a big aspect. Probably the most familiar I am with mysteries is all the millions of Jalos that I watched. But yeah, again, I'm gonna quickly make a reference for you, Sean. If anyone's interested in watching some uh, some quality mystery stuff. 
go check out Murder She Wrote and then watch the uh, or listen to the is it the Cabot Cove Confab podcast? Yeah, it's not out yet. We're we are the we're doing um well we're not doing it anymore. But shit we watch on Netflix is will be officially over shortly. We're we're uh, we're dropping our last episode about Battle Battlefield Earth tomorrow morning. My goodness. <laughs> and we both thought it was a little better than everything we've heard about it because John Travolta <laughs> just chews up the scenery, swallows it, and then poops it out. It's just... <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're done with that, and we're going to do a Murder, She Wrote podcast, which the first episode hasn't been recorded yet, but it, it will be called the Cabot Cove Confab, much like the Columbo Confab, because of course the guys that did Columbo went on to make the less, or the inferior, not that inferior, but not as good as Columbo, um, Murder, She Wrote. But man, there's a bunch of cheesiness in there, and just... <laughs> A lot of great cameos by old people that are now dead. I love that kind of shit, pointing that out. Like, hey, that's the guy that was in uh, Mary Poppins that played the dad. Look, he plays the the patriarch of this family. I love shit like that. And, you know, I spend half my time on IMDb looking at that. <laughs> well, I'm very excited for you to start that show. I used to watch that with my grandma a little bit when I was Me too! Me too, because it was on after 60 minutes. Or was it before 60 minutes? <laughs> Yeah, but I haven't seen it since, so I'm excited to, to jump into that. <laughs> I wanted Jessica Fletcher to be my grandma. I mean, that would, you know, is that okay? I want... I, I hope your grandma's not listening to this. <laughs> no, she's dead. All my grandmothers are dead, so uh, all my grandparents are dead. Yeah. So. But she did used to watch it. A lot more murder around your life if that was the case, but I guess you probably <laughs> like that. I guess you got your murder mystery parties and things. So it'd be uh oh yeah, yeah, be more material for your writing. I like how we're laughing about murder. That's that's hilarious. Well, we did watch Murder by Death, so I mean people died. <laughs> like how we were... somebody comes in on this, like you know, at the end mark, and like all of a sudden it's like you guys are laughing about murder. How could you do that? But this is the thing, uh, you know. There's a lot of true crime podcasts out there that are actually comedy podcasts, like. Uh, my favorite murder, uh, wine and crime, um, where they just they're comedy, true crime podcasts, and it works. I can't explain why. I don't know if I could do it, but it works. So. Yeah, there was there was that series that John Waters did, which uh, I think was called Till Death Do Us Part. Oh. It was kind of like that too. Yes, about the woman that would snap and kill their partners or whatever yeah killer partners killer their <laughs> parents yeah. i've never seen an episode of that yeah i swear that was my introduction to john waters is watching that that program <laughs> <laughs> anyway i got nothing else to say i'm sorry I think actually one thing i could say is the closest thing maybe to like you know a parody of of murder mysteries uh is doing a television version not television show Maybe like a television TV movie. You don't get those anymore. Um, but a television series or, again, movie parodying <laughs> things like CSI or Criminal Minds um, or NCI. I don't know, NCIS. But like those detective shows on, on cable TV. And you have all those like, you know, lookalikes or whatever. And they're, they're you know, what they're parodying. I think maybe it's probably too late to do that. You could have probably done that maybe by the end of the, the late aughts. Maybe early new tens. But... I feel like that would have been cool. I don't. I can't see it working, but they did it with Police Squad with Leslie Nielsen. Um, oh, uh, that is really popular now. Like, if you could find that, it's basically the Naked Gun 
uh, as a show. I mean, it's, that Naked Gun is based off of that. Um, but I just don't think that uh, I would love. I would watch that. I, I don't think there's. Did it with Star Trek? Trek. Oh, sorry. I keep cutting you off here. <laughs> no, no, I keep cutting you off. What did you say? I, I just said they did it with Star Trek, and it was really popular. But yeah, there's lots of stuff that you could parody with Star Trek. I feel like those kind of procedural shows are just too dry. Like, I don't know if there's much realm for parody there. Well, yeah, parody like the situations and the absurdity of things sometimes, and maybe the dryness. Oh, Law and Order—that's another one that you could parody. Law and Order. Yeah, I could see that working a little bit better, even though that touches on a serious subject matter. But yeah, uh, that's also true. <laughs> Space Quest, or not Space Quest? Uh, no, is that what it was called? Yes, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Sorry, why was there Space Quest? Oh, that would make a great TV show. That that is one of the unsung movies of the nineties. That 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 was a movie that I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go see this. And I fucking loved everything in it. Like it was just perfect. I mean <laughs> guys, um the engine is like breaking up and stuff, so I think we need to do something. <laughs> oh yeah, Monk. I I can't remember that actor's name, but he was great in that. Tony Shaloub. Tony Shaloub, there you go. And Sam Rockwell, of course, is great in that, too. Yeah. Tim Allen, it's like the first good thing he did. Well, he's okay. It's not oh, maybe one of the last. Yeah. <laughs> what, Buzz uh, Lightbeer? <laughs> yeah, he, he was good in that, <laughs> but that character stopped being a character after the first movie, really. So, I mean. And, fun fact, the, the, the place where he lives in that movie is the uh, home of the... Uh, uh, where they filmed uh, the first episode of Columbo, the the, oh. the pilot. I'm sorry for bringing up Columbo every time. Hey, keep bringing it up. It's all good. Columbo's good for pit sakes. We're talking about crap, okay. even though like Alex Quicks is not crap. But like you know, we're yeah. talking about crap stuff. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin Mushroom's story. <laughs> uh, thanks again, Sean, for uh, for joining us again. Really happy to have you on for this one. But and thanks again, Isaac. You know, for always coming on for these. Uh, I always uh, appreciate talking with you. Hey, I finally, I finally got to meet Sean. Sean, you're an amazing person. Thank you for for joining us. You are amazing as well. You are so nice, and I love your viewpoints. And uh, even when you guys talk about Marvel, and uh, but I'm working, so I can just sort of like turn that off sometimes for a little while, <laughs> and then come back to it when you think of, when you talk about things like cancel culture. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, you listen to that, eh? Oh, crap. <laughs> I don't even remember what we said on that cancel culture one. I just like, okay, I'll just get this out. I'll just push this out. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, uh, catch us on the next one. Peace.
Oh yeah, like some guy from Deadpool is also in Galaxy Quest. You know, okay, so okay, <laughs> so okay. I don't like. I'm sorry if 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 either you need to go, please go. Please no. just say and I'll. So you can use this in the in the murdered by death episode. So I can't stand the Marvel Universe. Oh, I tried. Please, please go, 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 please, please. I can't stand. Okay, so <laughs> what I did was. I decided that what I was going to do was I was going to watch the movies in order, okay? Like release date, right? In 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 like starting with Captain America, the first Captain America, and then Captain Marvel. Somebody put up a meme on Facebook, and I'm like, okay, I I can do that because it's kind of confusing to me too. Yeah, that's so funny. My mom's doing that right now <laughs> because nice. I like things like you know Game of Thrones. There's lots of characters. There's lots. Of, you know, uh, Did you like the ending? Like the ending of what? Game of Thrones. Uh, I liked it a little bit more than everybody else, but I was expecting maybe something a little bit more sp- spectacular. But it <laughs> was surprising. I love your answer. That's a good answer. I was just fine with it. Everybody bitches about it, but I'm like, it's it's okay. <laughs> oh, everybody did. I mean, it's like guys. It's is it because you you were just expecting so much? And what's funny, we were watching something yesterday where they showed a clip of it, and I'm like, I don't remember this at all. Were we drunk when we were watching this? Probably yes. Uh, but I'm like, this, look, this looks kind of cool. Maybe I kind of want to watch it again. I don't know. Anyway, Marvel. Marvel. Go back to Marvel. Marvel. I, I started watching that. I like the Captain America. And uh, I would come home for lunch and sit there and watch these movies. And um, I got the next one was Captain Marvel. And, you know, that was a big deal when it came out because, hey, you know, female superhero, blah, 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 blah. Oh, there's a cat in it. I'll probably look at it. I think this is before oh. Wonder Woman came out. Oh, that's DC. No, fuck that. No. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually kind of like that movie, that first one. But uh, I, I, I couldn't. I can't. And and I think part of it is because when people get and the podcasts that I listen to, um, when they talk about all this stuff and they get really hyped up about it, and there's so much of it. It's like Doctor Who. There's so much of it. There's more accessible than Doctor Who. It's on the streaming shows. I, I just could I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I can't with this. Like, it's, I, I was never into comics, really, except for Spider-Man for a really while. That's everything. A little while. Uh, yeah, but I, I just would rather watch, um. Murder by Death? Murder by Death or shit for podcasts, you know? I, I don't have enough time to watch, uh, all these movies, so I automatically, like, uh, mentally, I just sort of, like, poo-poo it. Like, nope, I'm not watching that. That's for the kids. So, yeah. Oh, and I love you. I, I love you so much. <laughs> Is that... Be- you don't... You don't you're you not into it either. No, it's, it's like I was one of those people uh, where I just, you know, adored it and whatnot. It's, you know, just like, as a geek or as a nerd as a kid, I always liked these characters. And then, you know, they, they start coming out with these movies and it's like, okay, they're actually building a universe. And I think the most one that you will get enjoyment out of maybe like and see it as an actual movie would probably be uh, Captain America Winter Soldier because it actually has yeah, like, heard the, that. themes of, of, again, I don't want to hype it up or anything like that, but it does have like themes on, on government security and, and, and oh, yeah, uh, Robert Redford's that? in there and yeah. you got some actual like class from an actor. They actually, like, what is it? They they reference like three days of Concord and something else. Condor, the um, yeah, Condor. Thank you and and fly the Concord. Excuse me. Uh, and <laughs> one other one that Redford was in the seventies. But you know they, they 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 actually use real movies as, as citations, which was nice. Um, 
But then it like all culminated in Infinity War, uh, which is an okay movie. It's actually a good movie, but it's like half a movie because Endgame is supposed to, is, is yeah. the, the sequel, which just makes sense. Like it's it's part two, excuse me, not a sequel. Um, but they this one podcast I was listening to, he, he kept saying like, "Oh, wait and see," because he got answers like for people like, "What about this? What about that?" And it was like speculation, 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 and it's like wait and see. And I just got infuriated, especially like, "Oh yeah, there'll be movies." These announcements of like, "Oh, these movies will be made afterwards." I'm like, "Can we not just like?" shut up for once and watch the movie and wait to see what happens rather than just like you know looking on the internet and seeing what ign has to say about oh you know you have this movie coming out next and there's set here's a photos from this set yeah uh, infinity war comes out it ends on a big cliffhanger and then almost immediately marvel announces like here's our schedule for the next five years it's like 20 it's like, movies are you you're like kidding holy me. fuck it 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 ruined I, I, I can imagine that it ruined Marvel the same way it ruined Star Wars with Disney in charge. And I, I have to say about Infinity War, um, when that came out, I liked the, the first Avengers movie. I thought it was a pretty decent movie. I liked it, yep. except for the part where they were tearing up all these bills. I'm like, oh, my God, who's going to pay for that? Do they have insurance? <laughs> but I... You know, when the Infinity War came out, like that first, if that first week, gasp everybody on Facebook, because I'm old, I only go on Facebook. Well, Instagram too, but for other things. It's fine. And in Twitter. But I'm like, okay, so I just read the Wikipedia page to see what the big twist was. I I just, you know, I am not a fan of that. Uh, Um, However, however, believe it or not, I am still watching The Walking Dead. Uh, here in this household, we are two of the 28 people in the world <laughs> that still watch The Walking Dead. And that franchise is, pardon the pun, dead. There's nothing there. I'm subscribed to a guy on YouTube who also does Walking Dead reviews. <laughs> so he's one of the 28. Yeah, I, I. it's dead. I mean, it's really not that good. So, I mean, I'm fans of my particular franchises. I'm not. I'm no longer a fan of Star Wars. I'm. I'm not definitely never a fan of uh, Marvel. Um, but I will say my favorite uh, um, uh, superhero movies or comic book movies, whatever you call it, are, are, are the two Batman iterations, the, hey, the Tim man. Burton Batman films and the the Nolan uh, Batman films. Hey, Although I've never seen the third one, um, but I think that the Dark oh, Knight wow. is one of the best action movies I've ever seen. Um, after uh, like Mad Max Fury Road, which is the action movie of all action movies, as far Agreed. as I'm concerned. No, uh, no argument there. And yeah, my mom, she's uh, she's seventy one now, and I'll say to her, I'm like, Ma, that movie that you just watched and complained. Oh, yeah, my my parents were here. I don't know when this was. It was like two years ago. My 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 mind got messed up with 2020. My time sense of time is yeah, all. Yeah, I feel you. So it was like, okay, we have to show them Mad Max Fury Road. Nobody doesn't like Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, this is the movie. This is like, you just, if you don't like this movie, there's something wrong with you. So we put it in, and 20 minutes into it, my dad goes, There's no talking in this movie. Good grief. There's no conversation. My mom doesn't say anything, but. I don't know. I just don't understand why there's no talking in this movie. And it's like I had to pause and be like a pedantic and be like, you know, guys, you don't need talking to advance a plot. In fact, like a silent movie. And my mom has seen silent movies that she enjoys, but she could admit liking this one because it's violence and action. 
And, and like one, that same visit, because my mom ultimately, I mean, the poor woman, she's here maybe for, say, 10 days. And by the eighth day, I'm sick and tired of like having her around. I'm like, mother, <laughs> you, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, mother, you are 10 years younger than the man that made that movie that we watched the other night. Why can't you order a pizza? I just, you know. That's not, that's that's really mean, uh, Sean. But you you don't understand. Yeah, they're, they're uh, getting up there, you know. I mean, I'm, I was I'm, I was yeah. I told my I told my parents we had COVID, um, which we did a couple uh, weeks ago, and not once did they call us back to say, "Hey, how are you doing with the COVID?" Wow. And I was really really insulted. Aww. I was like, "Really? Okay. Dang. Sorry. To hear you okay." That. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, I'm, everything's fine now. I can taste everything and smell everything, and my partner the same thing. But good. There were Goodness. there were like two weeks of symptoms and like two days of hell, where I, I it's not like I thought I was going to die, but I was like you know sounded like the Exorcist, not the Exorcist, but Reagan Blair. <laughs> no, not Reagan Blair. Linda Blair and the Exorcist. Where it's like I need to take a nap. Um, but now I get the badge. I was vaccinated and I had COVID. So nice. There you go. Yeah. 